0: Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA, get a quote today.
1: Hi, this is Marissa Meyer. And this is Delaney. And this is Sloan. And you're listening to the Prince Kai FanPod. Welcome to episode
0: 113 of the Prince Kai Fam Pod, a Marissa Meyer Book Club Podcast, where Captain is King, Marissa is Queen, and I am your host, Bethany Finger. This episode is brought to you by Rampian Crew Patron Supporters. Thank you. Today's special guest is Abby, who is a Rampian Crew Patron Supporter. Abby, take a minute, introduce yourself, and tell us how you found Marissa
1: Meyer and her books. Oh yeah, I gotta do that. Um, so... Hi, I'm Abby. I am, um, let's see, I'm a college student, and I found Marissa Meyer last, just last year, actually, during quarantine. I was really bored, so I bought the ebooks. and I really enjoyed them. Just
0: last year. Wow. That's yeah. like a new uh, reader then.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd heard about them in the past. I just never picked them up, which I'm regretting now. But. <laughs> what matters is that you did find them, though. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you currently reading? I'm reading... I just finished An Ember in the Ashes a few days ago, and I'm working on getting the next book. And I really enjoyed it. So. Well, Good. Um, I am currently reading Winter by my car.
0: <laughs> We are gonna start Winter soon. Yeah, I'm excited. I took notes on the first chapter this week, and I was like, "Man, I love this book!" So I, I finished notes on the first chapter, and then I just I just kept reading. And <laughs> oh, god, I love this book so much, you guys. I have I am so excited to as much as i've enjoyed covering ferris i'm very excited to finish ferris and get back to our our plot and our girls and our boys and all the characters that we've come to to love so just a few more episodes of moderately depressing ferris and then we'll get back to the good stuff
1: yeah it's been a few weeks it's been
0: rough So let's talk about some Fan Art Friday. We have a perfect one for these chapters. I have been saving it for like a year. (laughs) So this is from July 2nd by Doodling Asparagus. And it is Lavana's reveal of her glamour, complete with the tears and her hugging herself as she shows Everett who she really is. And it's very powerful.
1: Yeah, I really like this artwork. It's just such a cool look into... Levana and her what she really looks like it's really cool getting to see that and it's just so sad seeing her expression I love the contrast of the really pastel colors like the
0: green and purple colors that she chose they're almost bright but not quite they're almost peaceful like a like a flower they're tranquil and then to contrast it we have this devastating moment for Levana
1: Yeah, I agree
0: with that. And it's really nice. It's it's beautifully done. So big thank you to Doodling Asparagus for sharing that with us. And remember, you can submit any artwork you like uh, to princekaithampod at gmail.com. And to check out this artwork and more, you can go to our website or the Instagram page. Last week, Patreon members voted on chapter titles. I keep saying chapters, but they're just pages because Marissa didn't give us chapters. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> pages 146 to 161 is Getting Away with Murder by Papa Roach. And pages 161 to 169 is Nobody, No Crime by Taylor Swift. Because if you remember, last week we left off with Lavanna killing Celine. Now it's been a year since Celine's death. And Lavanna is, of course, the best queen ever. Did we expect any less? Yeah, she has strengthened the army, she's made her and her scientists have made these half men half beast warriors that are gonna be just impossible to defeat, and Lavana again is very involved. She's not super impressed with the head scientist uh, a doctor Sage Darnell. <laughs> Because she can only see him as the guy that fathered a shell. Like, he has no other accomplishments or identity. Just, he fathered a shell.
1: Yeah, it's such a, I don't know, it's just so messed up that that's the only thing she can think about. Because, like, I mean, we know it's Dr. Erland, but... Yes. It's just, it's sad that, that he was treated that way just after having suffered the loss of his daughter. Yeah, because they don't even consider it a loss. They
0: consider it, like, I don't a know. Shame. A shame that he had it and a blessing that he was able to get rid of it. Yeah. Not a loss that that his child be taken away from him. Or even a sadness that the child was cursed with this. Not that I believe the child is cursed, but that the lunar concept is that they're cursed by being ungifted. unworthy of the gift yeah yeah it's very depressing Mm -hmm. so the first carriers of the letimosis disease have also gone to earth lavana had heard rumors of people fleeing to earth from the outer sectors but never took it to heart until she became the queen herself and she considers them selfish for abandoning the country that needed them that's interesting Shouldn't you stop to wonder, Lovano, why they may have wanted to leave in the first place? Yeah. In all your perfection as the best queen in the universe, shouldn't it have occurred to you that the reason they wanted to leave might be because they're unhappy? And then in that case, are you still the best queen if people are unhappy? So unhappy that they run away?
1: I mean, as long as the families are happy, it's all great.
0: (laughs) Right. As long as the people in Artemisia Palace are happy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's gotta be sad for those Lunars, too. I mean, they ended up carrying the disease, like...
0: Well, and who knows
1: what they left behind to go to Earth? Yeah, like, those people in Farafra Mm -hmm. that left, like, do you think some of them survived after like, all the stuff that happens in the main story? And, like, they have to learn that they're the ones who brought it to earth.
0: Yeah, I'm sure they do. Um Yeah. I'm I'm 100% sure they do. And as we saw with with Cinder when she found out, it leads to a very strange sense of guilt at something that you're responsible for without being conscious of doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that must have been really messed up when they found out like they had been Lavana's pawns, mm-hmm. and you know, prior to that, they still would have been her pawns because they would have been a part of her,
0: her labor force. But yeah, they're still useful to her because they're spreading the disease that she's hoping will weaken Earth. Someone's upset. I get it.
1: Yeah, even escaping from Ivana, they still played into her schemes.
0: Yeah, they were useful to her despite the fact that they were just trying to get away and move on with their lives. And and pretty soon letamosis does start to happen on Earth almost almost immediately. And the Earthans can't control it, they can't contain it, they can't stop no. it. And
1: there is no cure. Everyone who gets this disease dies. So sad. And then Lavana's just she's just thinking about herself. She's just being selfish. And they really don't care. No, she's just thinking about it's taking
0: longer than she wants. For the disease to become a pandemic. Because that's going to take years and she doesn't want to have to wait. So she's trying to be patient. And while she's being patient, she just she just daydreams about how she's going to feel when she can offer Earth the antidote and create this future alliance.
1: She very much wants people to see her as the savior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She definitely has a savior complex for sure. Her... Advisors
0: are telling her that the labor force that she's inflicting is unsustainable. They can't, they can't keep it going. But she ignores them because she knows as soon as she gets Earth, she'll have a much bigger labor force and it won't matter. So right after she finds out about the success that Letimosis is having... She also finds out that Dr. Sage Darnell, her prized head scientist of the wolf movement, has disappeared. And some people are saying he probably committed suicide, but there's no body. He never recovered from the loss of his shell daughter. Yeah. And Lavana doesn't really care. It's not going to stop anything. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Lavana is getting everything she wants, and that's what does matter. She is the queen. She's the best queen in existence. No one has ever been better. And she has everything. Almost.
1: Yeah.
0: We transition to this kind of adorable family moment where Everett is playing with Winter and Jacin. Yeah. And it's so cute. They're playing down by the pond and running around and just enjoying each other's company. And Lavana is watching them with a sort of detached emotion. She's upset because Everett is not making friends with people among the court like he should. He's still hanging out with his guard friends and their kids. And Winter is becoming more and more beautiful.
1: I love seeing Little Winter. It's so
0: cute. (laughs) Little Winter and just already having such a close attachment is just absolutely adorable. And even Lavanna has noticed that the two of them are practically inseparable.
1: I'm so excited to see more of Winter.
0: <laughs> Winter, who is just this beautiful, kind little girl, and Lavanna cannot stand her. She's spoiled by Everett. She gets all the love and attention from Everett and from the people of the palace. Uh, the families used to mock her and make fun of her for being the child of a guard. And now they can't wait to marry her off because she's so good looking. Yeah. Some things that really bother her about Everett and Winter. Everett will dance with Winter, but he never dances with Lavana. He gives her these cute little gifts that he never brings to Lavana. He gives her these apple candies that she loves that he doesn't give to Lavana. And he plays with them all the time, but he stopped asking Lavanna to enjoy family time with them a long time ago.
1: Not very self-aware. Yeah,
0: well, Lavanna from the beginning was like, I'm going to be a better mother. I'm going to be a better wife. I want to be this happy little family. But this is a family thing that she's ostracizing herself
1: from. Why? Because she doesn't want to hang out? She thought Winter was going to be great, but then now she just resents her for being pretty and not liking her and getting all of
0: Everett's love and attention. So she's standing at the window. She's 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 watching the kids play. She's watching Jacin's mom bring them little sandwiches, which I think is cute. And she kind of regrets not having fun with her family, but Queens don't play in the sand. And no matter what she did, she was never really a part of the family. Everett and Winter had never embraced her in the same way. And she
1: kind of just forced herself in there and it didn't work, which makes sense, but not to Lavanna. Well, also in this whole story, we haven't been given the
0: indication that Lavanna tried to make a connection with Winter. There are scenes where we see Everett playing with Winter, for example, and LaVonna standing there, but she's not engaged with Winter in conversation or play. There are scenes like right now where the whole family is together playing and
1: is not a part of it, despite the fact that she could be. I mean, I think, like, when Winter was first born Lavana wanted to, she just didn't actually care, so she never tried. Because she wanted to, like, replace Solstice, but then she didn't even care enough to. She just wanted Everett. Yeah, and that's
0: one of the things she's so jealous of, is Everett's affection for Winter is genuine.
1: Yeah.
0: And his affection for... Lavana is not Yeah, I think that's, that's what really gets to her so Everett comes up behind her and see this is a really sweet tender kind of moment between the two of them because Everett comes up behind her he calls her sweetheart he sees her holding the necklace that he gave her and is surprised that she still has it he asks her are you just gonna watch are you gonna come play with us and enjoy family time but she has work to do
1: Queen is a lot
0: of work She's got to go over this trade agreement so she doesn't have time. And he says that, oh, you work too hard. And she's like, well, I have responsibilities. And he's like, come on, even queens have to relax. Come play. It won't hurt you. Nobody will criticize you. And she's like, "Uh, are you implying that my people are afraid of me? And it's like, ooh, there's that self-sabotage Cassie and I were talking about last week. That's, that's that self-sabotage right there. She could enjoy this moment, have a, a comfortable, affectionate moment with Everett, and instead she picks a fight with him.
1: Maybe like one of the reasons why she's so afraid of having fun is just she saw Shannery and that's all she did as queen. Yeah, and she doesn't want to be the queen that parties. She
0: wants to be queen. Yeah. She wants to be taken seriously as the queen.
1: She can't not be serious because Shannery was never serious. And her
0: parents might not have been either. Channery said she would miss her parents' parties. That implies that they were as carefree as Channery was. She gets things done. It's true. So here we have a really, a really sad moment. Lavanna and Everett kind of have a fight. Like I said, she picks a fight with him. And... She kind of huffs off. Everett is like, Come on, you're overreacting. I didn't mean it like that. That's, you know, royals are political, and I get that. That's not just you. I just, I didn't mean it. And he tries to coax her. He's like, I know that you care in your own way. And again, she picks the fight. In what way is that? It's like she can't just let it go. He tries to hold her wrist, like pull him. He tries to pull her back and apologize, basically. But she yells, don't touch me. And the guards are there in two seconds.
1: Poor Everett.
0: Poor Everett. Yeah. Not, I mean, he's trying his best with this relationship. He has been, from the beginning, he's been trying his best. The best out of a really bad situation. But-, but it's not, it's just not, it's just not working. And this is like, what's really upsetting to him too, is that he's always valued his reputation as a guard. That's what he cares about. The most. And so having these guards pop in like he's a threat to Lavana, like that just that bruises his ego on top of everything else. So he storms off, he calls her your majesty, and Lavana feels like she's running away and giving up. She kinda is. And this this part's sad that when she's she, when she's alone, she starts to cry. And she cries for a lot. Of She cries because she is alone. She cries because she felt alone when she was younger. She felt like nobody loved her. And she cries because no matter what she's done, despite every attempt she's made, she still doesn't have Everett. He still does
1: not love her. At first, she was just trying to replace his dead wife. And then she just tried to make it look good. I don't, I mean, she was obsessed Mm -hmm. with him, but she didn't really care about him that
0: much. She didn't, like, change everything about herself to make herself exactly what he wanted. Like, she made herself look like Solstice, but she didn't make herself act like Solstice. She didn't
1: even really know him. She just, you know, was obsessed with him. Saw him from afar. Mm Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think... By this point, maybe she just, she's just in denial about the fact that this isn't working. She doesn't really love him, but she can't accept that because she's put so much of her life into that. Yeah.
0: And, and she's exhausted from putting all of her life into it. She says she doesn't even try to get pregnant anymore because it was always more exhausting than passionate. And that that that's another thing that scares her. They're not trying to get pregnant. So people are thinking that she's barren. And they're like plotting all these moves to replace her if she dies, and there's no heir to the throne. And all she can think about is how that means that there would be a new royal bloodline. that wouldn't be as deserving of that throne as she is. Yeah, again, that's what matters to her. And she's, she's concentrated on the fact that she is deserving because thanks to her, Luna is thriving. The rumors of unrest stop every time she visits the outer sectors. There's high production rates. She always uses her glamour so it's easy for her to make the people happy, make the people love her. And the only thing she could possibly do now that would make Luna better is if she could get Earth Earth has resources, land, a larger labor force. If she could get Earth, she would be the fairest queen in the entire
1: galaxy. She has these ideas of success, and I guess it's true that it's thriving economically. I mean, at least for her. For the palace, yeah. doesn't care that it's not so great for everyone. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: She's, like, very um, yeah. hyper-focused on one section. So that's the end of
1: our first uh, part. What did you have for a chapter title? Let's see. So for my chapter title, I chose Never Enough from The Greatest Showman. Which I was sort of on the fence because I think it would have worked well for either of these chapters mm-hmm. or sections. But I think I just chose this because Levana had everything she wanted almost everything she wanted that's just because i mean the song is about you can have all this stuff but without the person that she loves it's not good enough mm-hmm. yeah especially like i'm
0: thinking of the the lyrics and the song about all the stars and the night sky shining and it's still not enough for her yeah yeah it's a good song choice these
1: hands could hold the world
0: she wants her hands to hold that world, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point. So I chose Self-Sabotage by Rebecca Black. It's, I mean, it's literally a song about self-sabotaging your life and all the good things that happen in your life because you're so clouded by the trauma of your past. And I feel like that's exactly why Lavana is picking a fight with Everett.
1: Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with the song, but...
0: It's a good one. (laughs) Patreon members will get to vote on the section
1: titles for that. Abby, what was your quote for this one? Okay, so... She did not want to go down in history as the fairest queen this little moon had ever known. She wanted to be known throughout history as the fairest queen of the galaxy. The ruler who united Luna and Earth under one monarchy. I mean, she really has these grand ideas about what she wants to do. hmm I mean, this whole part of, this whole section is just really sad, and it's an interesting look into Lavanna and what she wants. Once again, never enough. It's not, yeah, I agree. And that brings it back to, to that song
0: you chose and how perfect it is. So I chose page 179. She cried for the girl who had never belonged. A girl who tried so hard, harder than anyone else, and still never had anything to show for it. A girl who had been certain that Everett loved her and only her, and now she couldn't even remember what that certainty felt like. Despite how evil and horrible Lavana is, there is a part of her story that is genuinely sad, that is genuinely devastating in, in every sense of the word. And... The part where she talks about crying for those those parts of herself that she just can't get someone to love. That's that's what really, I think, it, it goes back to that self-sabotage. That's part of why she can't let Everett love her is because she just doesn't love herself.
1: Yeah. I mean, we see her sad and we see her angry and evil, but we never really get to see her happy. Mm-hmm. Which is very unfortunate. This is the Novel Universe with your hostesses, Dawn and Ashley. We rate and review the newest and most buzzworthy books. We are true book club ladies that don't always agree, but we do enjoy a good book discussion. You can find the Novel Universe on Apple, Spotify, and Google, where we post new episodes twice a month. I'm Dawn, the criticizer of books.
0: And I'm Ashley, the fantasy architect.
1: So grab your favorite beverage and join our universe.
0: So part two... Winter is getting ready for bed and Everett is telling her a fairy tale about a princess that's saved by a prince, which is very cute. Yes. And Jacin wants to be a doctor. Can doctors save the princess?
1: <laughs> that's so cute.
0: It is cute. And perhaps one of the most adorable lines is when Winter says, well, maybe the princess can save herself. Damn right she can. Yeah. Yeah. We have this cute, cute little moment, and then it's ruined. So, Lavanna still does not care about Winter. She wants to tell Winter that happily ever after is a lie, but she doesn't care about her enough to do it. Yeah. And Winter asks about her real mom. And this is the sad part. Winter asks if her mother was a princess, and Everett is like, well, yeah, and now she's queen. And Winter is like, um, my real mom? (laughs) not that bitch okay winter's (laughs) like four but still still she meant her real mom not lavana yeah and then she has a number moment she asks well what did what does mom look like i never even got to see a picture and lavana is listening to all this out the door and she thinks she looks like me i look like solstice i took on solstice's appearance for everett and everett doesn't say that everett says he doesn't remember what solstice looks like
1: 'Cause Lavana looks similar to Solstice, but not quite the same. She's a perfected version of of Solstice. So sad. This whole part makes me want to cry.
0: Yeah, it's this whole these, these these two chapters are very difficult to get through. These two sections. Yeah. Uh, are very very difficult to get through. Everett says he doesn't remember because those memories were stolen from him. The details of what Solstice looked like were stolen from him. But he does remember that she was the most beautiful woman in the entire galaxy, even more beautiful than the Queen, second only to Winter. Now, Everett doesn't know Lavana is listening. But could he have said anything worse?
1: No. <laughs> In Lavana's a-
0: eyes, could he have said anything worse? No, she's obsessed with being beautiful. She's obsessed with being beautiful and being more beautiful and than Solstice. Solstice. And she's already feeling inferior to this tiny child, Winter, who's attractive. And now Everett is like, I mean, Lavana's like third prettiest, I guess. <laughs> I mean, he like I said, he doesn't know she can hear him, but... From Lavana's perspective, this is, like, a huge, like, gut punch. Yeah. And she feels it. She feels rejected. And she feels completely overwhelmed. And again, back to that song you chose. She doesn't feel like she's good enough. She's never good enough.
1: Yeah. The scene would be so cute, looking through Winter's eyes. Just, like, a sad, cute thing, but... Reading it through Levana's eyes is just heartbreaking. Reading it through Everett's eyes might have been
0: nice, yeah. too. That would have been a, a sweet moment with him and his daughter. Yeah. But instead, it's it's like we said, it's this moment of nothing but jealousy from Levana. So Everett tucks Winter in and says goodnight and comes into the hallway and sees Levana. And she tries to apologize. She starts following him and he doesn't. He doesn't care. He's like, what do you want? Do you need anything?
1: Yeah. They don't really have a relationship.
0: Mm-mm. They don't. And she, she goes into his room and she realized that he never personalized the room.
1: Why do you think that is? This isn't his life. This is just the life that Lavana made him. Do you think if he thought
0: he could get away with it, he'd have a picture of Solstice? Like, do we think he has a picture of Solstice hidden under his mattress somewhere?
1: I doubt it, just from how he talked about it with winter, but I think yeah. if he had one, he would put it up
0: and share it with winter,
1: yeah,
0: probably too afraid to have it because of of Lavana hmm.
1: so Lavana asks the
0: question she's never wanted to why did he marry her? She thought he was just being a gentleman and being loyal to solstice's memory. But now she doesn't think that that's the case. And she wants to know why marry her. We make USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. What else is he going to do? Right? And she's like, well, you didn't love me, you didn't want to be royalty, you didn't want Winter to be a princess, so so why did you marry me?
1: Like, she forced him.
0: And that's what he says, he's like, you didn't give me a choice, and she's like, yeah, you could have just said no, and he's like, oh, okay, so you would have let me just move on with my life? <laughs> no. I could have just walked away?
1: Like, she's finally starting to become aware of her actions and it's not even just her becoming aware he has to tell her that was a really messed up thing you did yeah she calls herself a stupid child and i i want to read a little excerpt here that we have at first i thought it was a game to you Everett continued but it was clear he'd made his point like it was with your sister trying to get me to want you like that i thought you'd grow tired of me and eventually you'd leave me alone a line formed between his eyebrows. But when you told me to marry you, I realized it was already too late. I didn't know what you would do if I fought you, really fought you. You're very good at your manipulations. You were even back then, and I knew I couldn't resist if you forced me to accept. And I worried that if I kept fighting you might, you could do something rash. And the something
0: rash, he thought she might have him executed or arrested. Poor Everett. Like, we, as the reader, have wondered his mindset when he agreed to marry her. Why didn't he say no? Why didn't he try and get out of it? And hearing his explanation, I don't know how you feel, but I feel like he has, he brings up a lot of good points.
1: Oh, absolutely. She never would have let him get away. She would have Mm -mm. just used her gift on him.
0: And that's what he says. He's like, you're really good at manipulation. Like, you're very talented at using the Lunar Gift, and I couldn't resist it even back then. Even when she was only 16. Yeah. It must have been so horrifying to
1: realize how serious she was.
0: I think so. And he was horrified. He wasn't happy about marrying her, and he hasn't been happy being married to her. Yeah. And he even says, like, I could have said no, but what about Winter? He didn't want to lose what little bit of her he had left. Oh, and again it's back to Solstice. Feel so bad for Everett. I do. And he's he's almost yelling because he's so upset, which is something he never does because he's such a calm and passive person. But like she has just she's really gotten under his skin at this moment, more yeah. so than usual.
1: I mean, I guess that was just such a terrible thing for him and he she doesn't even realize how bad what she did was that she forced him to marry her.
0: She's realizing it now, but only because she's feeling sorry for herself that she doesn't have his love, not because she's worried that he's unhappy.
1: She literally had to ask him why it was such a terrible thing. Yeah. He even says like, look, you had all the power. It was
0: so exhausting to fight with you. So I just, I went along with it. I thought maybe eventually you would get tired of me and Winter and I could just run away together. And she was like, it's been 10 years. Are you still waiting for it to be over? And the this part kills me. He looks at her and he says, are you still waiting for me to fall in love with you? That's kind of gut-wrenching. I I do still hate Lavanna. Please don't, please don't. (laughs) I don't want to get emails of like, Bethany, you're turning to the dark side. No, Lavanna is evil. Okay, she is. But this part is genuinely sad. Yeah. For both of them. Because Lavanna is our protagonist in this book. But Everett is our unsung hero. Yeah. And he even says that he's sorry that he can't love her. And she says, don't say that. I know that you care about me you're the only one who's ever cared about me ever since on my 16th birthday you were the only one to give me a gift remember yeah. I still wear it all the time because of you because I love you and I know it means you love me too you always have and she pulls out the pendant that he gave her and then she says please a word Lavana I'm even surprised she knows how to use. Where did she learn it? Right? From people begging not to be put to death by her. Because,
1: because as sad as
0: I am right now, let's remember who we're dealing with. Yeah. I mean, she killed her baby niece. Yeah. So she could be queen. We have a moment here. All of this obsession. Lavana has had a crush on Everett for years before her birthday party. But then at her birthday party... She gets a gift from Everett, and that's what seals the deal. That's what really convinces her that there's something there for him as well as her. And Everett takes all of that away with this one sentence, that the gift was not from him. It was actually Solstice's idea. This whole time, Lavana has felt insignificant in the shadow of the phantom ghost that is Solstice's perfection. Now she finds out that even the one thing she had that she thought came from Everett himself was from Solstice.
1: I mean she pitied Lavana, which it's understandable that she would pity sixteen-year-old Lavana mm-hmm. who never had love. And but then Lavana just took it and got the complete wrong idea. Solstice felt bad for
0: her and especially when she found out that Lavanna had impersonated her and she saw Lavanna admiring the earthen tapestry in her shop and she thought well this would be a nice gift for this princess who's so alone and so sad. (sighs)
1: She was a really nice person. I wish we could have could see like Everett and Solstice's story before this, like that, that would have be, been a nice short story to get. Yeah, that would be cool to explore. Because I mean,
0: from Stars Above, if we ever get another Stars Above, I really want to know. I would love to see like a backstory for them.
1: Yeah, because I mean, they're wonderful, but we never really get to see them happy.
0: Yeah. And it would be nice. Maybe we could see like a look at their wedding or how they fell in love or maybe when they found out she was pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. LaVonna cannot handle this information that the one thing she had from Everett was actually from Solstice. She has a complete panic attack. She drops to her knees. She kneels at Everett's feet and she begs him to just try and love her. Like, this is why Solstice pitied her, because this part of Lavanna, this is a very sad portion of her her personality, of her life. Yeah. It's hard to imagine Lavanna kneeling and begging.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's such a different look than we've even had f- in the rest of this book.
0: Even when she was younger, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Everett says, stop. Please stop. Didn't you ever wonder if real love was out there for you? Which is something he said when she when she first started talking about marriage. She was like, "You have a chance to find real love if you don't marry me. Why don't you want that for yourself?"
1: She didn't know enough to know that this wasn't love, and it's not just like he can force himself to be happy with her. Mm-hmm. He can't, definitely can't, and she's
0: she doesn't even realize it yet. No, she's still begging. She says, "I can't be happy without you." Everett is like, look, we can't, we can't forget this. We can't go back. We can't start over. You still look like my dead wife. Here we have the moment that we saw with our amazing fan art by Doodle Asparagus. Everett says, can we please talk tomorrow? I'm so tired. And Lavanna finally decides to make the decision to let him see what she really looks like. She wanted a husband who loved her and wanted her and trusted her. So she lets go of her glamour and she turns around.
1: So is this the first time we get any sort of description of what she looks like?
0: Yeah, we got a very small description in book one with Cinder when her cybernetics started to malfunction. But it was very, very vague. Yeah. And even here is kind of vague. We just know that she pulls away the glamour. And what what bothers me, not that it's his fault, but what what upsets me is when he gasps and stumbles back, like he's horrified by her appearance. Yeah. And this is the part where she hugs herself, which again, we saw in our fan art.
1: Yeah. This is a big moment for Levana.
0: Big and yet so sad. Yeah. She asks if he could have ever loved her. Knowing what she really looked like. It's not about that. It's not. It's not about what he looks like. It's, it's not about what she looks like at all. She controlled him and manipulated him for 10 years. And maybe, maybe it could have been different, but they'll never know. Because she didn't do it from the beginning. She did it now.
1: Yeah. Maybe she, maybe she's finally realizing that she can't just make him love her, but it's been 10 years. 10 years is a long time. Yeah. 10 years ago, I lived in a different city and I was nine. 10 years makes a, a big difference. Yeah. Levana
0: feels like a stupid, pathetic child who is fragile and destroyed. Actually, I'm just going to read it. It's sad, but I'm going to read it.
1: Yeah.
0: Levana stared at his back, feeling not like a queen at all. She was a stupid child, a pathetic girl, a fragile, destroyed thing. I love you, she whispered. That much has always been real. He tensed, but if he had any response, she left before she could hear it. it was This is just such a heartbreaking scene from both perspectives. Yeah. Please remember that Prince Kai Fan Pod is a free podcast and always will be. If you'd like to show your support for the show, head over to patreon.com slash Patreon allows you to get extra perks and behind-the-scenes bonuses for only $1 a month. If you can't join Patreon but would still like to show your support because you just love the show so much, head over to coffeecom That's k-o-fi.com slash princekaifampod and leave a one-time-only tip. Your support will help me bring you more TLC and Marissa Meyer content that you know and love. Now, let's get back to the episode. So what was your chapter title for this one?
1: Let's see. So I had trouble just finding something. And I ended up choosing another song from a musical. I listen to musicals a lot, which is Words Fail from Dear Evan Hansen. And it's not exactly the same thing, but it's, It's got sort of the feelings about like revealing the truth and coming clean. It's a really sad song.
0: It is. So I chose Enough For You by Olivia Rodrigo. Not the exact same, but I wore makeup when we dated because I thought you'd like me more. So kind of like her wearing the glamour thinking she would be satisfied with her looking like Solstice. Oh, yeah. The, the lyric that repeats back in my head a lot is all I ever wanted was to be enough for you. That fits so well. I know. And don't you think I loved you too much? So
1: sad. Yeah. So what was your quote for this one? So I did actually choose one of the only nice quotes from it. You can have whoever you want rescue the princess. Like a doctor? A doctor? Well, sure. Why not? Jason says he wants to grow up to be a doctor. Let's see. So this is a really sad and difficult thing and I just wanted to focus on one of the or the only nice little cute thing. And it's really funny. <laughs> it's actually funny. And,
0: and again, I loved the part after that where she said maybe the princess could choose her could save herself. Yeah. So I chose page 191. For all eternity, he would be the husband who had never loved her, wanted her, trusted her. Oh, this is just such a sad, 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 sad story. And I feel very, I feel genuine, little, genuine sorrow for the part of Lavanna that's sad. Not for all of Lavanna, because she's still evil. But this part is just really heartbreaking yeah and I'm I'm a sucker for love I really am a hopeless romantic so the idea of a loveless marriage just it it hits me really hard
1: yeah it's very tragic
0: very tragic sad beautiful tragic would have been a good choice for this too I guess song-wise yeah So there was one Easter egg, the word scars appeared once, the word mirror appeared once, and the word hair appeared four times. Next week, we are going to cover pages 192 to 214. We've got two more episodes of Ferris, and then we're going to start winter. So we we just have to tough it out until the end of July, and then we can have some happy stuff again. Yeah. Thank you for being here today, Abby.
1: Yeah, it's. I've enjoyed this. So thank you for having me. Yes, I loved it. Um, do you want to share any of your social media? You- um, yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram or Tumblr, I guess, at Evenstar Falls. And yeah, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I mainly post like memes and art. Works so- for me. Yeah. <laughs> you can also
0: follow the podcast everywhere at Prince Kai Fam Pod. Great review and subscribe. Of course, check out the Patreon for an opportunity to be a guest on an episode and more fun perks. Quick announcement before I forget Marissa is unavailable to do a Ferris episode. She's got Gilded coming out, which yes. we're all very excited about. It's coming out this November. You can already pre order it if you'd like. Although, I do recommend you wait. Because a couple months prior to the book coming out, local bookshops will most likely be doing pre-orders where you get like incentives like the instant karma bag that some of us got. So I recommend holding off until like the last month or two and waiting to see if any local bookstores will do those. And uh, pay attention to the Prince Kai Fan Pod Instagram as well as Marissa's Instagram because as anytime those things are um, mentioned or promoted, I, I will be posting it.
1: Yeah, I already pre-ordered it. But keep your receipt in case we get an enamel pin, too. Yeah, and maybe I'll turn out, like, Taylor and buy, like,
0: four copies. That works. That's that's a very Taylor thing to do. Yeah. (laughs) One of the many reasons we love them. Yes. So, without a Ferris episode, I have decided to share one of my Patreon bonus episodes with everyone instead. Uh, and I put a little vote on Instagram that's been going for the last few days. And the winner was chosen as the episode that I recorded with my husband Quentin on his his favorite Disney movie, Wally. So that will come out in between at the end of Ferris. And then after that fun episode, you guys, we are gonna start winter, which I'm so excited about. Yes. I've already been reading the book. <laughs> yes. So, everyone, keep reading, keep listening, and until next time, don't get glamoured. Don't get glamoured. <laughs> Bye. Bye. The passages read for you today are from Ferris by Marissa Meyer. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. Today's special guest was Patreon member Abby. The intro-outro music was composed by Emma Pavo, and the logo art was created by Angela Wong. Thank you for listening.